Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to Let's Have Tea. I'm your host, Rebecca. Today is Tuesday, the first Tuesday of June, and each Tuesday of this month, we're going to have a show called Girl Preach. And we're just going to be talking about some different women in the Bible that Jesus used. So grab you a Bible, a notebook, and take some notes. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. It's the first Tuesday of June, and each Tuesday this month, we're going to have a show called Girl Preach. Now, I know there are some denominations, some men, and even some women that think women shouldn't preach. But does preaching have to be done in a church behind a pulpit? I Personally, I don't think so. And I'm not here to debate. I'm not here to argue. I just want to look at some scripture showing that Jesus used women to go and share his message. Uh, I'm reminded of Jesus the the day that he was uh, resurrected from the dead. And Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and Jesus gave her a very important message to go and to tell his disciples. And so she went and she told them the good news. So isn't that sharing the gospel? Let's look at John 20. Oh, and I didn't, I flipped it back. Give me just a moment. I'm sorry. John 20, we're going to start in verse 1. Early in the morning on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was moved away from the entrance. She ran at once to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Gasping for breath, they took the master from the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple left immediately for the tomb. They ran neck and neck. The other disciple got to the tomb first, outrunning Peter. Stooping to look in, he saw the pieces of linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, entered the tomb, observed the linen cloth lying there, and the kerchief used to cover his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but separate, neatly folded by itself. Then the other disciple, the one who had gotten there first, went into the tomb took one look at the evidence, and believed. No one yet knew from the scripture that he had had to rise from the dead. The disciple then went back home. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she knelt to look into the tomb and saw two angels sitting there, dressed in white, one at the head, the other at the foot of where Jesus' body had been laid. They said to her, "'Woman, why do you weep?' They took my master, she said, and I don't know where they put him. And she said this. She turned away and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to her, Woman, why do you weep? Who are you looking for? She, thinking that he was the gardener, said, Sir, if you took him, tell me where you put him so I can care for him. Jesus said, Mary? Turning to face him, She said in Hebrew, Rabboni, meaning teacher. Jesus said, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go to my brothers and tell them 
I ascend to my father and your father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went, telling the news to the disciples. I saw the master, and she told them everything he said to her. So, Jesus had Mary Magdalene to go and share what had happened. So now let's let's look in John chapter four, and I'm reading from the message. So if you're uh, happen to be following along, or maybe you know the story, and you're like, um, those words don't sound the same. I, this is this is the message Bible, so it's going to read just a little bit different. But now we're going to look at John chapter four. We're going to start in. Um, let's start in verse one. Jesus realized that the Pharisees were keeping count of the baptisms that he and John performed, although his disciples, not Jesus, did the actual baptizing. They had posted the score that Jesus was ahead, turning him and John into rivals in the eyes of the people. So Jesus left the Judean countryside and went back to Galilee. To get there, he had to pass through Samaria. He come, he came into Sychar. I'm not sure how to say that. A Samaritan village that bordered the field Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was still there. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well, and it was noon. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, Would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, how come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh living water. The woman said, Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with, and this well is deep. So how are you going to get this living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it? He and his sons and livestock and passed it down to us. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within gushing fountains of endless life. The woman said, sir... Give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to this well again. He said, well, go call your husband and then come back. I have no husband, she said. That's nicely put, I have no husband. You've had five husbands and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. Oh, so you're a prophet. Well, tell me this. Our ancestors worshiped God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father, neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when, you, when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. 
It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship Him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. The woman said, well, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming, and when he arrives, we'll get the whole story. I am he, said Jesus. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. Just then, his disciples come back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. The woman took the hint and left. In her confusion, she left her water pot. Back in the village, she told the people, Come see a man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think this could be the Messiah? And they went out to see for themselves. And I know that was a lot of scripture to, to take in, but it's important that, that we get that read. In John 4, what we just read, it's about this Samaritan woman. She had an encounter with Jesus. This, this woman, she had a, um, I mean, life-changing, just completely life-changing. She, she went, she goes to this well to, with her, her physical water pot, this scripture says, um, water bucket, whatever it is that she's got to, to go to this well to draw her water, uh, some kind of jug. And when she, after she had this encounter with Jesus, she so, I think this scripture, this translation said she was, she was confused. You know, he, he, Jesus is telling her one thing and she wants to believe. And so she, she leaves her, scripture said she left her water pot and she goes back to the city and what did she do? Right here it says, Come see a man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think this could be the Messiah? And Scripture says, And they went out to see for themselves. So she was an evangelist for Jesus right there. She was out, quote-unquote, preaching to the men. She was telling them about Jesus. And that is so important. There are people that maybe have a false belief of who Jesus is, of, of what Jesus is wanting to do. And it pick their curiosity. Okay, well, let's, let's just go see who this Jesus is, who this man is she saw at this well. So, friends, if we don't tell, who will? Now, I want to read John chapter 4, verse 28 and 30. And I'm going to be in the Passion Translation it said, all at once, the woman dropped her water jar, ran off to her village, and told 
everyone. So it seems like everyone's going to be men, women, children. Come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've done. He could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go see Jesus. And I just think it's time that we've got to open our mouth. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. We don't have to stand behind a pulpit in front of a congregation to tell others about God's word, about what he is doing, our encounter with Jesus. I've had those encounters with Jesus, just like this, this woman that we just read about, the woman at the well. I've had encounters with Jesus, just like Mary Magdalene did when he was resurrected from, from the grave. You know, this, this, the, these amazing things have happened. And Lord, is that you? Is that you that did that? Is that you that spoke that to me? Is that you, Lord, that opened the door? If we don't tell, who will? Now, let's go back to Mary Magdalene in Mark 16. And we're going to, it's going to be some more lengthy scripture, but let's start in um, Mark chapter 16. On the first day of the week, as the Sabbath was ending, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jacob, and Salome made their way to the tomb. It was very early in the morning as the first streaks of light were beginning to be seen in the sky. They had purchased aromatic embalming spices so that they might anoint his body. Talking about Jesus. And they had been asking one another, who can roll away the heavy stone from us, for us, uh, from the entrance of the tomb? For when they arrived, they discovered that the very large stone that they, that had sealed the tomb was already rolled away. And as they stepped into the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right, dressed in a long white robe. The woman were startled and amazed, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I know that you're here looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, but he isn't here. He has risen victoriously. Look, see the place where they laid him? Run and tell his disciples, even Peter, that he is risen. He has gone ahead of you into Galilee and you will see him there just like he told you. They staggered out of the tomb, all struck with their minds swirling, I can only imagine. They ran to tell the disciples, but they were so afraid and in deep wonder, they said nothing to anyone. Have you ever had those moments? You know, you, you, you've, you've had an encounter or, you know, something happened and then you're, you're, in, you're in such awestruck or in such deep wonder. Was that, did that really happen? All right, verse 9. Early on the first day of the week, after rising from the dead, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, from, who he, from whom he had cast out seven demons. After she had seen Jesus, she ran to tell his disciples, who were all emotionally devastated and weeping. Excitedly, Mary told them, He's alive, and I've seen him. But even after hearing this, they didn't believe her. 
After this, Jesus appeared to two of the disciples who were on their way to another village, appearing in a form they did not recognize. They went back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of the disciples, but they didn't believe it was true. And it it just, it goes on and um, it says, as you go into the world, preach openly. Let me back up and catch verse um, 14. Then Jesus appeared before the 11 apostles as they were eating a meal. He corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after his resurrection. And he said to them, as you go into the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous, and they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of God. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. I know that's a lot of scripture. But we all have a message to relay. In Revelation, I think it's chapter 12, it talks about we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony is what you've encountered, what you have witnessed. The Samaritan woman, she was sharing her testimony. Mary Magdalene was sharing her, you know, she was giving an account of what had happened. We all have a, men, women, children, we all have a message. And we all have to, to relay that message to others. Remember in John chapter four, where the Samaritan woman, she left her physical water pot to go and share the good news, the gospel of Jesus. She left her physical water pot, but her spiritual water pot was starting to be filled. And that's when all of a sudden now I've, I've got to go tell. I've got to go tell. And let's look back at this is going to be in the um, the Message Bible, John chapter 4, verse 14. It says, let me read 13 and 14. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water, talking about the physical well water, where she went, the Samaritan woman had her water pot, and she was going to... Um, draw her water where she could take it back home. So all who, all Jesus is saying, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst. Not ever. 
The water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. So Jesus is that artesian well. And you may be asking yourself, well, what is an artesian well? Maybe you've heard of the term. Maybe you have one. Maybe you have seen one before. But an artesian well is an underground source of water. It does not require a pump to bring it from underneath the ground up to the surface where you can fill your, your bucket, your, your jug, your, your water pitcher, whatever it is. And it is brought to the surface by the pressure that builds up between the layers of rocks. And it pushes the water through. And as a little girl, I can remember uh, my grandparents, they had, they had a well. And it was more like this well, Jacob's well, that the Samaritan woman went to go and draw her water. But Mama and Papa's well had a pump on it. So... And it was, you know, plumbed up to the house. You know, they had, there was water lines under the ground or whatever. So when you turn the faucet on in the kitchen or the bathroom or in the bathtub or even flush the toilet, water's going to flow because of that pump. If that pump wasn't there, you're just out of luck. If the pump went out, there's no water. And I can remember Papa, he spent a many a times working on the pump. And when it was cold weather, he would have to go and, um, it, it had a little, he called it the well shed and he had this little, um, it was, it was like a little, like a little shed, you know, it had a roof, it had sides, it had a little door and that kept this pump that sat on top of the ground. It kept it safe, you know, from the weather or, um, something knocking it over. And in the winter when it would get really cold and, and possibly freeze, he would go and he would turn the light on in the well shed you know, to keep anything from freezing where we could have water because, you you know, you don't want to be all of a sudden without lights because everything is frozen or bad weather and then now you don't have any water. So we always, we always had water and sorry, I didn't mean to go off all on that, but um, if the pump went out, we, we didn't have water, but this artesian well, it does not require a pump and that's what Jesus is saying um, I, the water I give will be an artesian spring within, that artesian spring within us, gushing fountains of endless life. So Jesus is this artesian well. It will never run dry. The pump, if you have, we have city water, but, you know, out and we're, we're in the country, but, you know, the, back when I, 40, 50 years ago, you know, they didn't have city water. Um, so, you know, the pump could go out. The, this artesian well, the pump, was, it, it is not going to go out. It's an all-natural source of living water. The Samaritan woman, she didn't need her water pot anymore. She had had a taste of living water. That's our spiritual source. So all of a sudden, you know, she, I've got to go tell others about this. And this artesian well, I, I had to do some research because it, I, I had heard 
and I, I've even seen artesian wells, but I, I wasn't sure how they, you know, how they worked. But there, um, it says an artesian well, they will form on impermeable rocks that are broken, meaning impassable. Um, places that normally you couldn't get water through. <clears throat> and now it's, you know, now an artesian well has formed. So, Girl Preach is our opportunity to take God's word to women and men who are broken and have hardened hearts, just like this impermeable rocks that are broken where these artesian wells flow. If we don't tell them about this artesian spring that can spring up within them, if we don't tell them, if we don't preach that, who will? And when we preach this message, this living water of Jesus, God's infallible word, we will see lives changed. Psalm 19.7, the first part of it says, God's word is perfect in every way, how it revives our soul. The Samaritan woman, she had an encounter with that. She goes, and the reason she went at noon, most, most women, uh, from what I've read and understood, studied out or whatever, they would, they would be the ones to go get the water and they would go early, early in the morning before, you know, the sun was up, before it got hot, because it's probably a long ways from their home. And, you know, they didn't want to be out in the heat of the day and they're hot and, you know, they, they weren't able to go home and, and get under the air, you know, take a shower, cool off and sit in an air conditioned home. Um, so the Samaritan woman, she goes at noon. That's the, that's hot. I mean, it's, it's, we're getting close to noon now. And it don't say what time of year this is, but she, she went and it might not have been hot. Maybe it was cold, but she goes at noon. She wanted to avoid people. It says that scripture says she's had five husbands and she's living with a man that's not her husband. So we don't know if maybe she's been widowed five times or for whatever reason, you know, we, it don't, it don't give us any, you know, information on that, but she was avoiding people for some reason, you know, was it shame? She needed some of that artesian spring to flow over her. Do you know someone who could use some of this living water? Someone who is so broken that they have given up on life. Or maybe that someone is you. That someone has been me before. But once you get a taste of that artesian spring, once, once someone introduces you, and, and I knew I, I, I was saved at seven years old. I have been in church my whole entire life. But we still need those fresh encounters with Jesus. We still need to hear, hear the word preached. And sometimes 
in our face, you know, one-on-one, you know, if somebody at work or somebody, you know, maybe you have a close friend that's going through something, depression, anxiety, fear, maybe it's shame like the woman at the well was experiencing and she don't want to even hold her head up anymore. How does an artesian well form? Through broken rock that can't be the water. They've been sealed almost, those rock. And the pressure between those rocks will will cause that water to to flow. We have brokenness. Men, women, children, we all have brokenness. And we all can be become hardened, maybe not our whole heart, but we can become calloused to situations or or even people. I mean, right now I have a situation that I'm having to to work through, and it's just like Jesus, help me. That's that's just it's natural. I mean, you're you're not less than if if you're trying to work through something. But Jesus is saying, I'm that artesian well. Let me, let me fill you. Ephesians 5, 26. And this is going to be in the Passion Translation. Let me find it. It says, and to the husbands, this is verse 25, you are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated for us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself. Okay, this is the scripture that I want you to grab hold to. To make us holy and pure. See, Jesus died for us, sacrificing himself. To make us holy and pure, cleansing us. Through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. So that's that artesian well. Jesus is, he died for us. Sacrificed, God sacrificed his only son to make us holy and pure. And where we could be cleansed. Through the showering of the pure water of the word. King James um, says that he may sanctify and cleanse with the washing of water by the word. The definition to sanctify is to make holy and to be set apart. To cleanse is to be made clean. Maybe that brokenness that that you're feeling or that uh, a friend or a family member, male or female, maybe that brokenness is caused by sin, shame, doubt, unbelief. Um, I mean, the it could go bad choices. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. A struggle that you're facing, if it's addiction or alcoholism or anything, that artesian well, Jesus is saying, just let me, let my 
living water flow over your brokenness. If Jesus used Mary Magdalene, who at one time was demon-possessed, Scripture says Jesus cast out seven demons from her. And if Jesus can use the Samaritan woman who had five husbands and living with a man she wasn't married to, can't Jesus use us too? Isn't that where those testimonies come from? The brokenness? The just being open about what the Lord has done in your life? Girl, preach. There is a message burning inside of each of us. And it's time that we go tell others. If we do not share this artesian spring with others, there's broken people all around us that don't have the hope of the of this gospel that God has for us in his word they don't know because maybe of their brokenness or maybe it's because they at one time was demon possessed maybe they've had five husbands and they're living with another man or they're living with another woman how can i show my face at church we're not even married there's brokenness there. I want I want to go I want to go hear the word, but what are people going to say if I walk through that door? They know I just come out of rehab. Well, they they saw me at Alcoholics Anonymous the other day. I know they go to church there cuz they invited me. But what if they went back and told, "Did you see so and so? They were at A and AA." But that artesian well That artesian spring is wanting to rise up within all that brokenness. You don't need a pump to make that water flow. Because the more broken and hardened that person is, the better that that artesian spring is going to flow through them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. That God might sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of water by the word. Girl, if we don't preach it, who will? Go into the the, the alleys, the 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 pawpaw patch. Go into the where the fire fireflies are. That was a girl uh during in a class, overcoming the struggle class, that's what she said. I want to go out where the fireflies are. In those those tall weeds. Nobody else wants to go. There's broken people out there that need this artesian spring to rise up within them. There are people standing at at a well and, and it might not be a physical well. It might be at a bar room it might be at a um wherever and they're trying to draw from something that's not there just like this this woman yes she needed water 
for her physical body, for her physical needs. But sometimes we're standing at places we need something for our physical. We're thinking, okay, well, this, this, if I go, if I go, I just, I just need a girl's day. I just need to go shop. And you go to Hobby Lobby and you go to Old Navy and you go to JCPenney and you might hit Sam's and Walmart. Well, let me go into the dollar store. But you, you, you've spent all day in, in town. And then you come home. And, and those things that you have are just things. It didn't fix that brokenness in you because you were trying to draw from a well needing something that JCPenney's couldn't fix, that Sam's couldn't fix, even the dollar store couldn't fix. No matter, my husband loves to go to Sam's, especially when they had lunchtime or on Saturdays when they have the, um, they're giving out samples. He'll go to ever ever sample. The only one I've ever seen him turn down was sushi. And he's like, I don't, no thank you. But how many times are we saying no thank you to that artesian spring? And we're, we're going to, well, oh, I love barbecue. I love hot wings. I love, oh, I love these pretzels or I love this. We're, we're trying to draw from something that is not fixing the need that we have long term it's it, it just like the lady at the well she had her she had her water pot her water jug her her bucket whatever they called it she needed that fix for right now or that might last her for the rest of the day but this artesian spring is eternal it never dries up never dries up. So if you're standing at a well trying to draw water, or if you're standing at, if you're, maybe you're sitting at a desk right now. Maybe you're in your car driving. Maybe you're at home just, you know, relaxing while you're listening to this. And you find yourself craving something. Because we're the world that we're living in right now is like nothing I've ever seen. And I'm 50 years old. So the times are changing. And the person that's going to be standing next to us or that's checking out in front of us in a store, we don't know what they're going through. But if we can be like that Samaritan woman and we can, we can get that feel of that artesian well, that artesian spring, we can have a taste of it. We're going to leave those physical needs. We're, yeah, we're still going to have to go to JCPenney's to buy clothes or go to Sam's to buy supplies. Go to wherever to eat lunch. We, we still need those, those physical things. But when she left that her water pot for something that was eternal. I've got to go tell other people about this. They need to know. So it doesn't matter where you're at right now. It doesn't matter how deep you are into sin. If if you've had five husbands and living with with number six that you're not married to 
it doesn't matter. Jesus, he can still reach you. But you've got to receive. You've got to let him. You've got to receive that, that artesian spring that he has for you, just like he had for that Samaritan woman, just like he had for Mary Magdalene. Will you receive that? Will you go and preach that to, to the work, your workplace, to your family, to your friends, if, if y'all get together for Taco Tuesday or, or whatever? If y'all meet up on Saturday mornings, maybe you have a group of y'all, they, y'all go garage selling together. Or maybe you have book club or your kids are in activities together. And you're, and it's just a bunch of a bunch of women sitting together. Ask them what's going on in their life. Say, hey, I, is there? Can I pray for you? Is there any? Do you have any needs? How can how can I help you? If we don't ask, who will? If we don't tell, who will? I hope this message has made sense. I hope that it's come across the way that that God wanted it to. I've I've got a bunch of notes written out that I've tried to stay on task. But I think the most important thing that that Jesus is saying, or he's he's wanting, he's saying to me, and, and for me to relay it, girl, preach, He's telling me, girl, preach, because I need some more to go preach. So is Jesus telling you, girl, preach, man, preach, child, preach, tell them about me. You don't have to be a theologian or a Bible scholar in order to preach God's word, in order to to share, to share your testimony, to share scripture, to share a devotion, to pray. He's looking for those broken people that that artesian well, that artesian spring can just flow over. Will you preach that message? Will you go and share Jesus with others? I thank you for your time. I don't know if you know, we have a a Facebook page, Let's Have Tea. And I'll be sharing this link on that page. And if this message, if you can relate to it, comment on it. Share it with your friends. Share it with family. Share it. Just share it to your page. Who knows who's going to see it? If you're listening to us on iTunes, I know that you can leave a review there. And it's not to, oh, look how many reviews I have. I just want the word out. Because if we don't preach, how will they know? So, I appreciate your time. And until next time, let's have tea.